Hi, everyone. It's Jivana. I just want to come on for a moment and thank our sponsor, Offering Tree. They're an all-in-one, easy-to-use, community-backed business that saves you time, energy, and money as a yoga teacher. Offering Tree allows you to create a website in less than 30 minutes. Plus, you get a discount through Accessible Yoga. Just go to offeringtree.com backslash accessible yoga to get your discount today. Okay, here's our episode. Welcome to the Love of Yoga podcast. I'm your host, Anjali Rao. This podcast explores the teachings of yoga for self and collective transformation. We dive into how spirituality and philosophy can ignite social change. I share conversations with folks who are on the front lines of justice and liberatory movements, thought leaders, change makers, and healers. Hello, everyone. I am Anjali Rao, your host of the Love of Yoga podcast. I'm so glad uh, for you to join us today in this episode with Tai Sali, who is a really special, special person. Um, And for those of you who don't know her work, I'm just going to introduce you to what she does and what she offers. Tai Sali is a yoga teacher with 500 hours of yoga training, um, came to Canada as a refugee in her youth. Today, she is the founder of the Red Ma'at Collective and is currently working towards a designation in psychotherapy. Her dedicated passion to heal through her own traumas has guided her desire to do more for and within the community. Tai's approach encompasses a compassionate and intersectional lens that is geared towards uplifting and empowering Black, Indigenous, women of color, gender expansive folks. Tai is an intersectional feminist who believes in uplift and empowering women, gender expansive folks through intersectional wellness, therapeutic yoga, and education on trauma healing to building resiliency and autonomy. Tai, a very warm welcome to you on the Love of Yoga podcast. We are so very excited for you to join us. And I know that with all the things that you're doing, such important work that you're doing um, in this, you know, heartbreaking moment of being witnesses to such terrible, terrible devastation, um, I can only imagine um, the the work that you are actively doing right now. And I appreciate your time and energy uh, for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honestly so honored. I love your work. I'm always on your Instagram. I'm always inspired and always empowered by all that you do. Um, so for me, it's just an honor to have space and hold space with you today. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, let's dive right in. Uh, first of all, how are you doing? Let's just begin with that question. How are you doing? How are you being? How are you feeling? So I like to be real. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Um, but I do like to say that I'm doing the best that I can, given the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. And my heart has been full thanks to the collective care um, that I've been afforded. 
And at the same time, my heart has been breaking um, with all of the systems of oppression that have been so active in causing harm for folks who look like me and you, really, right? Um, And it's not anything that's new for us. Yeah. Uh, But there seems to be an amplification that's going on right now. Mm. So, yeah, again, the best that I can, given what is happening in the world today. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate the realness. And I was just saying that to one of my students today, we are doing the best that we can. And we need to afford ourselves that gentleness um, also so that we can then respond to what's happening with some sort of... um, you know, centeredness. And though that has been really put to question in the past few weeks for me. So I appreciate that a lot, Ty. Um, Let's go back to, before we begin to dive into the questions that I have for you, I wanted to just uh, introduce you to the, uh, the listening folks. Where is your yoga journey? How did that begin? Can you share with us what, how was your entry point into yoga? given given all given your background yeah um i actually entered kicking and screaming <laughs> <laughs> so my now sister-in-law uh was begging me like oh come do this yoga with me please come do this yoga with me i think it'll really benefit you um and at that time i was quite an avid runner you know i'd done some gymnastics as well and I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't I don't feel like stretching. I don't want to stretch for an hour. Because mm. that was my understanding. Right? Mm. That's really all you got to see about it. Um, but from my very first class that day, I fell in love with the practice during Shavasana. Mm. Uh, the gift of the presence especially for someone who suffers with complex trauma and ADHD was something that I couldn't just dismiss. And that peace, that awareness, that groundedness um, is what kept pulling me back Mm. and is what really helped me in my healing journey. And amplified who I was as an activist and an advocate as I started learning more, as I started studying the philosophies, as I took training after training. I really found myself through the teachings and the asana allowed me to break through some of the walls that were distancing me from those breakthroughs. So, yeah. Mm, Beautiful. And I love that you said that Shavasana got you because Shavasana is actually one of the most challenging uh, practices because it is really a time where we are dropping into uh, stillness. And stillness is really difficult for those of us who have experienced trauma and in the dominant culture, stillness is such a challenging practice to cultivate. So it's amazing that you felt that connection right away. Um, and I really appreciated what you talked about when when you say, you know, the asana allowed you to break through because mm-hmm. um, yes, yoga is not all about asana, but asana is so powerful for us That's to get it. in a place of connection with our bodies. So especially for those of us who have so many different points of 
marginalization and disconnection with our bodies. So appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, where from that process of connection with yoga, how does that connect with your work in the world? if you will, uh, as an activist, as a as a radical intersectional feminist, what do you see the points of connection between the two? Yeah, well, when I think about the yamas and the niyamas and just even all of the stories from the Bhagavad Gita, it's so clear to me. Mm. <laughs> These are calls to action. Right? Mm-hmm. So we'll even start with like a himza. Himza is one of the main ones that gets circulated around quite a bit and oftentimes how I see it being misused is, well, as long as I don't cause harm, then I'm doing my job in Ahimsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, okay, but what are you implicit in Yeah, that causes harm, that yeah. causes violence? What do you enable when you're being silent, yeah. are those not forms of harm and violence as well, too? And you pulling yourself away from it doesn't take away from mm-hmm. how horrible some of these atrocities are. Mm-hmm. You're basically trying to give yourself an out, an excuse by saying, oh, well, I'm not actively participating. Right. Well, being passive is being active in a lot of these situations. And so, again, the more I studied, the more I learned, there was no way for me to keep my practice without having to also show up in Mm. my activism and in my advocacy and somehow claim to be a practicing yogi. Mm. Beautifully said. Absolutely. These are all calls to action and understanding how the individual is connected to the collective and collective influences the individual. You know, that that whole part, that whole piece is is a big part of the teachings of yoga. So appreciate you bringing that in. You talk about atrocities and I follow your work on Instagram as well, where you're sharing so much in the past few weeks, especially on about Sudan and Congo. Could you please share if if you have the capacity, and I know it's labor for you, but if you could share that with, with the listeners about what is going on in uh, Sudan and uh, what are some of the things that we should be cognizant of for those of us who are not a part of the, those cultures? Yeah, of course. I think it's very easy to remove yourself mm-hmm. from what's going on in other parts of the world mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. One that's colonialism and capitalism right there. They they want you to be disconnected from everything that's going on so that they can continue to do the atrocities that they're doing. Number two, when I think yoga, Sanskrit, yoga, yoke, union, join, mm-hmm. you know, how do we come back into seeing the sacred divine in all of us and the unity that's in all of us? So when we're kind of holding those two truths that there's a very intentional masking mm-hmm. of what's going on. And then within our practice, there's a conscious and intentional call to action to unveil, right? To seek satya. Um, we have to be so conscious of how the world is Mm -hmm. and what our role 
in it is. Mm-hmm. And so with Sudan and with Congo, it may be thousands of miles away from us, but the problems that are happening there are anchored and rooted into our daily living. Mm. So in Congo, for example, what is happening there is a massive genocide that has been largely ignored um, by Western media for their resources. We have cobalt and copper and even gold um, that are constantly being exploited within those regions. And an intentional destabilizing of the governments and the communities to ensure that the extraction can be done for as little financial um, output as possible. And so we have a culture of people being robbed of their natural resources, an environment being destroyed for its natural resources, mass displacement that is manufactured all for the name of these resources to be manufactured and used for quote-unquote dominant culture. Mm-hmm. So. Mm when we're upgrading our phones when we don't need to, that's a direct line to an impact in Congo. And Sudan, since its independence in 1956, there's been 35 military coups. Six have been successful. And there's been three different attempts for democracy. Each and every step of the way, there have been foreign governments and corporations intentionally playing puppet and backing whoever will allow them to gain access to the resources there. Now, in in Sudan, the main ones that you have there are gold, you have uh, natural gas and oil. Mm. and everyone wants a piece of that Mm. and everyone's willing to kill for that and today what you have are two military generals who after we've suffered through a 30-year dictatorship are now trying to force another dictatorship in but they first have to beat each other Mm. (laughs) so one of them can win and then instilled their dictatorship in. Mm-hmm. Um, both are backed by U.S. and Russia and other global powers, of course. Um, but everything at the end of the day, all of the lives lost, the starvation, the lack of water, school closures, everything you can think of that is destroying the well-being of the communities there is anchored and rooted in upholding colonialism Mm. and capitalism. Mm -hmm. And so to me, to not know about that, to not Mm -hmm. seek the truth in that, not aim to remove the harm that's going on that we here in the West uh, perpetuate Mm -hmm. is a complete disregard to yogic philosophy and teachings. Mm. 
I think you bring up a really good point that, um, you know, we are consumers of so many things that we don't know the sources of, like some things which we are taking so much for granted. And um, I always say that, you know, if even if you don't do anything else, learn where everything comes from, and that will take you to so much of, uh, you know, the differences in power in, in the world. And that's the biggest ways in which you can make, make impact is learn where everything comes from. Absolutely. From food to like, like you said, phones. And, you know, I think that's a really important connection. How else can we, I mean, that's, a, that in itself, I think is, is changing so many things, creating those ripples. How else can we be in solidarity? And by us, I mean, you know, people who are in the North Americas or, uh, or Europe, um, some of our listeners are all over. So how could we be in solidarity? Your everyday citizen, what can we do to show up in solidarity? There are so many ways to show up. And what I really want to encourage people to do is one, recognize the role of anti-Black racism in the media and in the information that they're getting. And to understand that they have to be an active seeker of knowledge, an active seeker of truth. Mm -hmm. And when they're in that space, we'll stop hearing people say, oh, my God, I didn't know that was happening. (laughs) Well, it's intentionally kept from you. So if you're not intentionally seeking it, you'll be left in the dark. So I think that's a really, really big step um, that everyone can step into. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, there's a lot of us who are doing the work, but sometimes we don't have the platform. Sometimes we don't have the reach. And so how can you amplify? Like that's for free, repost, reshare, tag, you know, get things circulating. Even if you don't have the full knowledge, Look for folks who have been doing the work, whose work you can trust and amplify. You don't have to have all of the answers. You don't even have to have a deeply formed um, opinion. Mm. All you have to do is have empathy and compassion and say, hey, something is wrong. Mm. There is suffering going on. And as a human, I need to share that. I don't need all the details and all the knowledge and all the background of it. Yeah. I see suffering and that should be enough for me to start at least asking questions. Mm. Right? Hi, everyone. I just want to pop in here really quick and remind you about our sponsor, Offering Tree. As yoga teachers, we are our own business managers, website designers, and producers. It's a lot. And Offering Tree offers an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to succeed while we're doing all the things. And I'd just like to say that through this partnership with the Love of Yoga podcast, Offering Tree has shown that it's committed to supporting accessibility and equity in the yoga world. Offering Tree is a public benefit corporation, and they're driven by a mission of wellness accessibility, which we share with them at Accessible Yoga. As an Offering Tree user, you'll get uh, to join a supportive educational community And you'll also get free webinars with top experts in wellness and entrepreneurship. And of course, you get a discount. So go to offeringtree.com backslash accessible yoga to learn more and to get your discount. 
Okay, let's go back to the episode. I think the biggest, I think the biggest import, uh, the lesson for all of us is to ask questions. I don't think we do that enough. We are accepting of so many things as the mm. truth, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you. I appreciate that. Asking questions, uh, looking for, uh, looking for people who are doing the work and amplifying the people who are doing the work itself, rather than thinking that one has to sort of reinvent uh, you know, and take up space. I think, especially for people who are not black and um, or people of color, but especially the black black folks in this movement, uh, we just need to amplify amplify their voices. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, what would you think? So, I also saw some things on your Instagram, and I really wanted to ask you this question. Um, you shared something about like vicarious trauma. Right. Yeah. I, I feel I feel that I I connected that because for the past four or five weeks, what we are witnessing in real time is a, a, a devastation that I really have not seen in the past few weeks. And it does not mean that it has not happened or it is not happening uh, because colonization is brutal. War yeah. is brutal. And things have happened, for example, India and uh, parts mm. of Africa all kind all parts of africa uh, you know and people just did not know about it because there were no visuals to it now we are seeing hap it happen in real time and it's bringing up so much um, you know for so many of us and you put put that in in your in your uh, instagram the other day and i connected to that you talked about i think you called it vicarious trauma yeah could you could you share a little bit about that please yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's very easy for us to not understand the impact on our nervous system with the images we see, the stories we see and hear. Mm -hmm. The body is a very well-oiled machine, I will say that, mm -hmm. but it has trouble differentiating certain things. And so when we're taking in content of trauma, Mm -hmm. the nervous system just interprets that as trauma. Mm. And so that idea of like that being separate or that being over there isn't true because we're compassionate beings in our core. Mm -hmm. We're divinely connected in our core. Mm -hmm. So when we see that suffering, the body believes it's, it's its own, mm -hmm. right? And so we find things like chronic fatigue kicking in, loss of appetite, dysregulated sleep, irritability, low mood. Mm -hmm. All of those things are just symptomatic of our profound capacity of connection and love of one another. Mm -hmm. And so in one regard, that vicarious trauma and that empathy fatigue are a reminder of how beautifully connected we are. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is a call for care mm -hmm. because the nervous system can't be that dysregulated for that long without it creating problems in the body. Yes. And so we need to interrupt that. Right. We need to interrupt that with rest, 
We need to interrupt that with self-care. We need to interrupt that with things that fill our cups and make us whole Mm -hmm. so that we can continue to show up because otherwise apathy will kick in, right? We'll we'll just be so overwhelmed. We just, we want to be disconnected. We we don't want to feel all of those feelings anymore. And we go into a space of apathy and now we can't show up. Right. We are frozen. We are completely frozen. Yeah, we're frozen. Yeah. Like we're frozen. We're paralyzed. We're just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, no, I don't want to have these conversations anymore. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Like your nervous system is flooded. Yeah. It has no space. And so for anyone who cares about any form of activism or just humanity, Mm. self-care is Mm non-negotiable. Self-care is actually radical and political because Mm -hmm. it is the thing that allows you to be sustained Mm -hmm. in your work as we're surrounded by a colonial and capitalistic structure that banks on our apathy. Mm -hmm. That is what they want because then there's no one to resist. There's no one to demand better. Yeah, beautifully said. Beautifully said. I'm not nodding my head vigorously and <laughs> and, and uh, taking down notes so that it's it's showing it shows up because um, I think these are really important highlights for all of us to listen, especially given where where we are. And I was just talking about this with my students as well that this cultivation of sort of santosha, you know, the the, the of joy of I don't even want to call it. It's not joy, but it's it is. A sort of a complete acceptance of where we are. It's really critical for us to uh, be resilient enough yeah. to show up for yeah. uh, for collective liberation. Um, and I also liked what you shared once in your story in your uh, Instagram about um, about some of these caretake care practices which are indigenous yeah. and uh i love that what you mentioned about you know Af- the african traditions i'm always very interested in seeing whether there are parallels to uh the indic traditions and there are so many of so course, yeah. uh could you could you please share that if you will yeah, all I'll say, first of all, is our ancestors knew what they were doing. Right? 100%. 100%. <laughs> they what they were doing. Like the way that they showed up for the collective was so profound. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really try and do on my page with the content that I create is showing people how we can care for ourselves outside of capitalism, outside of dominant culture norms, and going back into our ancestral wisdoms that have sustained us for thousands and thousands of years. Like this modern form of colonialism and capitalism is only a few hundred years old, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is quite modern in um, the whole grand scheme of things. Um, And it is extremely individualistic. Mm-hmm. And when we are hyper individualistic, it is very easy to feel like you can't have an impact. You can't do enough. Mm-hmm. What you do doesn't matter. Like it just becomes so vulnerable. Yep. But when you start taking on a collectivist mindset and you start thinking about collective care as well as collective liberation, all of a sudden you start to realize like, oh, I don't have to do everything. 
Right. I just have to do something because right. here, look at me. I'm here with a hundred other people who, if we all just did one thing, how powerful would that be? Right. And so now I don't have to feel so small. And so when we think about um, our traditional indigenous African Indic practices, those were all things that were meant to empower us to show up for community through collective care actions that would also fill your individual cup as well, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in that particular pose, I've broken down dose. So dose are the primary hormones that are all about like feeling good and of being able to flourish and moving from survival to thriving Mm -hmm. and how our old practices, how our traditions amplified each one of those hormones Mm -hmm. to allow for holistic care. And I give an Indigenous, I give an African Indigenous, but I also give an at-home because sometimes... For many of us, we don't have access to our community. We don't have access to our traditions as easily. And we still need to find ways to be able to connect even when we don't have access. So that's why I'm sure to include that one there. Right. Beautiful. I love that. And so you said dose, which is dopamine. What are the other ones? So dose is dopamine, O, oxytocin, um, S, serotonin, Mm. and E is the endorphin. <laughs> ah, of course. Okay, great. Um, then one more thing is, you know, um, first of all, I think I think what you shared about that all of us don't have to do everything, but all of us have to do something. I think yeah. that is really an empowering thing to say because so I whenever I speak with people, uh, there is such a sense of overwhelm with what we are facing and this this thing to do something perfectly. I think that shows mm-hmm. up. Like I have to be this perfect activist. I have to be this perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect, perfect anything. We cannot, we are not perfect human beings. So how can we be perfect activists, right? Perfect is a colonial structure. Absolutely. That does not exist beyond this toxic ideology. Yeah, absolutely. Step away from it. No one wants to be perfect. No one wants you to be perfect because perfect doesn't exist. It's something that you keep chasing Mm -hmm. until you've exhausted yourself Mm. or hate. And so instead of being perfect, how can I be authentic? Oh, I like that. How can I be in relation? That's it. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful and so true. Um. What are some of the practices of your own self-care, Ty? How do you manage to do this? Well, I'm fortunate enough to live with my sisters who I absolutely love. So I bug them like crazy. So (laughs) talk with them, eat with them, hug them all the time. They can't stand it. Um, I also have like a regular practice that I maintain, which is very important. Um, I do enjoy writing and reading a lot. Um, Those are ways for me to just put things out and release them from my body. Mm -hmm. Um, 
EFT tapping. Like I have a whole arsenal of self-care things. So it's like, okay, what do I need today? Like it'll be uh, from super complex to, you know what? I'm just going to binge tonight. I'm just going to lay in bed. I'm going to eat something delicious and binge like Mm -hmm. whatever it needs to be. I think it's so important to just meet yourself where you're at. Mm -hmm. offer some kind of care whatever that care is Mm. I love that I think you and I have a lot in common I do the same things (laughs) (laughs) I binge (laughs) yeah I I binge sometimes I'm like I can eat a whole box of chocolates sometimes (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you so much for sharing so can you also share with the with the listeners how can we connect with you what are some of the ways in which we, we can support your amazing important work uh what are you up to in the next few months year what is your vision anything oh wow okay so in terms of connecting with me like go on my instagram that's always the easiest so it's at red underscore maat so r-e-d underscore m-a-a-t dm me i do check it I do have ADHD, so I will warn you. I will forget sometimes that there's a message there, so you got to follow up with me. (laughs) Um, In terms of future works and planning, so I have a few lives that are coming up soon where I'm collaborating with grassroots organizers in Congo, in Sudan, in Yemen, in Tigray, just to have firsthand accounts and really share with folks um, from a lived experience perspective of what's going on. Um, There is going to be a good number of in-person events um, specifically geared towards women of color um, and gender expansive folks of colors for healing um, for community building. So those will all be posted and listed on my Instagram story. And in terms of supporting, like for free, follow, tag, like, share, amplify, um, for pay it forward. I'm always having a different, um, grassroots organization that I'm uplifting. Feel free to, Um, donate to any of those beautiful causes who are on the ground. They've been vetted and they're doing the work. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, like subscribe, like just help me maintain doing the work and set up a subscription on my Instagram. And that allows me to take more time off Mm -hmm. doing the work that um, is really important for the community. <laughs> love that. Love that. Thank you so much. And we wish you the very best. I know I will be, uh, you know, obviously following your work and uplifting all the things that you're doing. So, so appreciate you and your heart and the ways in which you're showing up for Sudan, Congo, just all of us, really. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's such an honor. And honestly, all I can say is like having this conversation with you is another way of like caring for self. And thank you for being a space holder, a caretaker and an amplifier and an ally. Like it gives my heart a lot of love, like deep appreciation. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you.
thank you for listening to the Love of Yoga podcast, an offering from Accessible Yoga Association. Please support our work by becoming an ambassador or by visiting our online studio at accessibleyoga.org.